Hello everyone and a belated Happy New Year. We are back again with a new season and lots of new residents to interview. The first two episodes of this season feature artists who will be showcasing their work at Proximity Music in The Hague from the 7th to the 9th of April. So make sure you mark your calendars and come see them in action. In each episode of this podcast, Cross Pollination, with me, your host, Chetna Pai, I am in conversation with two artists from the III's network about the work they're currently doing, how they got there, what they'd like to do next, and everything in between. If you're new here and you're wondering what III even is, it's the Instrument Inventors Initiative, an artist-run community platform supporting new interdisciplinary practices linking performance, technology, and the human senses based in The Hague. To kick off the season, my guests are Karel van Laare and Amos Pelled. They both are fascinated by the interior of the body and the tools that are able to reach in and help you explore it. It was a really fun conversation. And if you listen through the episode, you will find out what inner part of the body they find most aesthetic, how they got into medical equipment in the first place, and why you can't look directly at blood under a tube light for a long time, and also many other fun facts. Amos Peled, born in Israel in 1997, is a multidisciplinary artist focusing on experimental music, audiovisual installations, and performance art. He graduated in 2022 from the Art Science Interfaculty in The Hague. Amos is part of four active music groups, Tomim, World Experience Center, Karkait, and Thelm Enos. With those projects, Amos is playing worldwide, and the group's music has been released on various labels and formats. Amos is working currently on Phantom Limb. It is a project exploring the enigmatic and poetic relationship between a human being and the black box that is their interior through the use of a medical ultrasound machine. Karl van Lara's work is best described as a combination between performance and video art. Due to his mixed background in performing and visual arts, he works in a multidisciplinary way. A recurring theme in his work is the antagonism between the human body and technological systems. Last year and during his first half year at the Rijks Academy, he shifted his gaze to the inside of the body using surgical tools. The vulnerability of the internal body usually shows its beauty in sterile operating rooms where surgeons deftly perform meticulous operations with laparoscopic instruments. Fascinated by its fragility, he explored the inside of the body and the artistic possibilities of laparoscopic instruments in a series of new works, among which is the performance Reach. Again, both Reach and Phantom Limb, or at least versions of them, will be presented at Proximity Music, so don't miss it. And now, let's get into the episode. Amos and Carl, welcome to the studio today. It's really nice to have you. The reason we paired the two of you together for this episode of Cross Pollination is because, interestingly enough, you both work with medical equipment and things to do with exploring the inside of your body in a different way, which I thought was really interesting and two things or two ideas that I had never considered or thought of and both really, really very cool. <laughs> I was very excited by both of them, and that's always uh, fun with projects. But before we really start getting into it, maybe it's nice to talk a little bit about the projects so the listeners also know what they are like. So maybe, Amos, could you start and tell us a little bit about Phantom Limb? Yes. <laughs> you can maybe help position the listener, if they're watching the show, what would they uh-huh. 
Yeah. So it's a project that is uh, basically separated two different outcomes or two different sides for the same project. One is an installation work and the other one is a performance piece. Uh, both deal with uh, or use a medical ultrasound machine to mm. kind of expand the space into the body, like you said. And uh, using this uh, technology <coughs> of a medical ultrasound machine in a poetic way, I would say. So in the installation work, you see the medical ultrasound machine and uh, the viewer uh, is uh, watching uh, a movie inside the screen of it. So it's a pre-recorded movie that I recorded my organs mm. and then, then later I edit them and kind of created a small narrative uh, from this recording. Uh, I added subtitles on them and then it's kind of telling a story of a meeting with, between a doctor and a patient. Oh, okay. <laughs> But from like really, in a really, I would say, abstract uh, way. The performance piece is uh, based on the same technique, but I'm doing it live. So I'm using the medical ultrasound machine. And here in the residency, we worked mostly on this piece and we turned it into an audiovisual instrument, which means that I can use this machine as a instrument that I'm showing live the inside of my body and using this different capabilities or different ways this medium. I project the image from the ultrasound machine big uh, on the wall. So you can see very big the <laughs> <laughs> what the ultrasound machine sees. And I found all kinds of ways to use it uh, or translate this information to my own aesthetics. And I also was quite surprised that already it had a lot to do with my own aesthetics, mm. <laughs> <laughs> sound and visual. And then I compose with that uh, performance, which is still in the making, but uh, now it has uh, different parts that using different modes of the machine. So one mode, for example, can amplify only blood flow. So you see mm. uh, the, only the blood flow in my body. And uh, I was uh, surprised to find out a lot of places in the body look like places from the outside. So it's also mm. something I... Uh, focusing on, uh, for example, the kidney in this mode of the blood flow amplification looks like a tree. Or I found that uh, one part of my body looks like ocean. How did you first gain access to an ultrasound machine <laughs> to try this out? Yeah. So uh, from really young age, I was around the medical uh, environment. And this already initiated me a lot of curiosity towards this field. And because I was uh, coming to it from the side of a patient. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also from quite young age so I could not you know uh, being surrounded by all this equipment you really I really developed curiosity to the audio and visual information that comes from this technology I could not understand what it means so also for me I, was, I very liked the, the, the sounds that it makes and the, <laughs> the images and the, the aesthetics of it and so by this I uh, looked also for uh, medical uh, equipment that I can use uh, and then I, I stole the EKG machine from the hospital <laughs> and used it, used it as part of a noise performance back in the days. And then I came here and I continuously looked in those websites and I found an extremely cheap medical ultrasound machine. Mm. Immediately bought it. And yeah, it was like one year ago, I think. And is the audio of your performance and installation also the audio from the ultrasound machine itself yeah or? so it's all recorded from the ultrasound machine the audio is more processed than the image okay uh, because the audio is very rough it's quite interesting because 
when doctors uh, make diagnostics procedures, they don't use the audio in the ultrasound machine to make any diagnostic decisions because sound is, of course, is quite much more abstract than the image. But because the start of this technology started only from sound, they didn't have the image, they only listened to the body. They kept it as part of the machine, some sort of like respecting the, I guess, I don't know. I really like the sound as well. I really had no idea that the ultrasound started with just sound, but it does have sound in the name, so maybe this is a yeah. something mm. I should have thought about before. <laughs> and doctors, doctors, they can read the sound, I guess. Can you also read the sound? I mean, I, I get the sound also, yeah. Uh, there is one reason now they use it, only the sound. They have a special devices only for sound, and after, for example, uh, stitching back a leg that was cut or, or something like this, uh, they use the sound to listen to the blood flows to see mm. that uh, if it's pumping well mm. or not. <laughs> but I mean, the sound comes live from the machine. There is a jack output, like I can <laughs> connect it straight away to whatever. It's quite nice. And Carl, can you tell us a bit more about your project, Reach? Uh, Reach, yeah, Reach started two years ago during a residency at uh, Gray Space in the Middle, a three-month residency. And it started with meeting a surgeon, surgeon Anke Smit. She works at the St. Antonius Hospital in Nieuwegein, and she works with the Da Vinci C robot. I got to meet her through another project, and I got immediately interested in, in where she works, her working environment. And then not only the, the OR, but also the, the places she works in from within the body. She's an expert with keyhole surgery, which means making two tiny incisions uh, in the body for the, the instruments and one tiny incision for the camera. They're working underneath the skin. And my first question to this, to this, uh, to this surgeon was, what aesthetically is the most beautiful place uh, <laughs> you work in? I asked the same, to be honest. Uh, really? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah, and their answer was triggering already so much yeah. imagination and uh, a whole new world. She invited me to witness a life operation in her hospital, which was amazing, which was really the starting point of reach. Seeing a six-hour surgery, I met the patient, meeting the other people in the room, sitting there in a corner, just, just looking. Yeah, one of the most beautiful, intriguing things I've ever witnessed. She gave me also several of her laparoscopic instruments. And for, I think, already a year, I'm training with these instruments, doing tiny procedures, sewing procedures, basically the basic training a surgeon also does. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. But already after witnessing this life operation, I thought, now this, I cannot turn this into an artwork. I, I had to process it for quite a while. At some moment, I was listening back an, an, an audio interview that I did with the surgeon. And I, I looked at the cable, the sound run through, and I, I cut it open. And yeah, from there on, I started playing with, with the audio cables, actually, connecting audio cables. And there I found the the base of, of the project reached. I saw the video that you sent me with the example of the previous time you did it, I guess, with the mm -hmm. gray space in the yeah. middle. Could you describe it a little bit for our listeners so they can imagine? Uh, because it's really like the same. Is it? Are you using also the actual medical tools yeah. in that? Okay. Yeah, I got uh, actual laparoscopic instruments. So there are, there are elements of the OR that I took, like... 
and not looking at what you do. So we are looking at monitors. There's this greenish lightning that also has a reason in the OR. The reason is that the, the you, you cannot look at blood for too long in tube light, for example. So they make it they make the OR is it's it's or green or blue. And um, the performance itself, it's six speakers in in the space, and each speaker has its own sound. And by connecting the the cables at the gray space, I was building up a composition, um, a music composition. Mm -hmm. And currently, I'm working. I gave the the speakers in the space. I gave them their own voice. I'm I'm interviewing several people. I started with an interview with a surgeon, especially around the topic of moments of improvisation. Also during this surgery that I saw. You don't know what what to expect yeah. when you when you enter. Of course, they do know what what to do, and they have a, an answer for everything. But I saw a moment of communication with the other surgeon that was in the room. Like, okay, we see this. We can take two centimeters more, or let, yeah. And then this this talk it it, it got my interest, and uh, I asked them how they prepare for it, if they are afraid of moments of improvisation, and. I did that with two surgeons and also my colleagues at Rijks Academy, which are performance artists. I also interviewed them about moments of improvisation within their profession. And somehow at, at, at Rewire, I will connect, I will blend, connect these interviews with some music and make it into a performance. I'm still working on it, so <laughs> it's not it's not it's the... Yeah, it sounds like it will be really interesting. It's also just really funny to think that your doctors are improvising. <laughs> but yeah. No, I was happy to to hear that actually, that there's also room for it. Yeah. I wonder, you said that you felt like in when you watch this uh, operation that you ca cannot make it or translate into an artwork. I wonder why did you feel it or like what, what was the thought actually that you had? It was too, too intense, yeah. uh, too, too real. I, yeah. I, it took me almost two yeah. months to process what I... What I saw there, I mean, there's it's it's a space this size. This place is the size of this studio. There were uh, seven people in this room, yeah. and also I I remember really taking in all the sounds that were produced yeah. in that room. So I, I recorded also the sounds. Mm -hmm. I was there with a headphone and I, I recorded the sound. I really remember the the bow that was made during those six hours. So the the, the first Two hours were quite intense, mm. like yeah, 10 centimeters of colon had to be removed. The patient was brought under anesthesia, was covered with a blanket, so you kind of forget that there's mm -hmm. a person, and mm. from there on it's, it's work. Incisions were made, the instruments went in, and uh, first they were checking, looking at what, what to do, they were making a plan. At some point, there was uh, there were two big cuts made. Uh, the, the colon was there was a piece taken out, and that was actually a quite nerve wracking moment. But at that point, we were two hours in. An assistant started talking also about the holiday, and it's <laughs> it's, 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 it's like this kind of talks. And then uh, the surgeon that was doing the surgery with the Da Vinci robot, her voice was amplified, so it's, her her voice was uh, louder in that space. I remember her saying, okay, shut up now, everybody. I'm doing something specific now. And that moment, everybody immediately zoomed back into all the monitors that were hanging there. And 
Yeah, I, I just remember this 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 kind of bow like uh, that was made during those hours, because at some point the the column was uh, stitched back together again, and it was uh, being cleaned, and then you felt the stress was out of the room, mm. and the radio went on. No. Nah. No. That was really crazy to hear. Yeah. Suddenly, I remember the song. It was Lady Gaga, Born This Way. <laughs> Born This Way. And uh, that's, that song kicking in that room, it was, it was so strange. Such a strange feeling. Such a... So elements from what I witnessed there, I, I'm, I'm taking it into the performance I'm making now. And yeah, I'm also curious about, like, because we both, like... Had, we both had this fascination from the uh, aesthetics of the inside. Yeah. And uh, I was always wondering about that because f for me, from a doctor point of view or uh, from the medical realm, something that looks good, something that uh, is aesthetically pleasing, it means that something is clear in an image. Mm -hmm. Or it, it can be like a horrible disease, but as long as you see it clearly, that something is like, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, you see, this this tumor is so beautiful. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's, it's something I was, and then also the idea of like health in this aesthetic uh, perception, I also was interested in because, yeah, like just a bit to think about like what's what's health in the point of view of the doctors or this medical realm, and what's health mm -hmm. in a broader um, concept or or mind, I would say. It's also something that I was like curious about. <laughs> yeah, in, in relation to aesthetics. No, uh, yeah, no. It's true. There is a there is a beauty inside us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember because I, I asked the question straightforward to the surgeon what aesthetically she thought mm -hmm. was a beautiful workspace within the body mm -hmm. and at some point she during the, the the surgery that i saw she said come look no and i she said now this is beautiful and you <laughs> she showed me the a urine leader for example it's it's constantly moving within us it's uh it it's like a, a constant drop that mm. you see g running through a vein i don't know it was beautiful yeah <laughs> but yeah because for you, the aesthetics, it's also the machine itself, right? I think. Mm, yeah, 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 it's also the machine itself, but m more about like the the technology, I would say, or like uh, this, the technology that allows someone to look inside the body hmm. um, or and, and the images it creates, basically. Uh, but I also asked the same uh, question and this, the people showed me like all kinds of images and videos from the research mostly. And it was always this abstract videos or like this clear representation of a phenomenon that I found quite interesting. And when I show them, for example, my movie that I made, which when I show it to audiences that are not from the medical field, <coughs> it's quite clear for them what I'm trying to show. So you really, they really see this ocean and they really see this character. Mm. But then I showed it to the doctor, for example, and he was like, <laughs> yeah, it's a muscle and a vein. I can see that, but <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah. Which part uh, of your own body did you find the most aesthetic or did you enjoy mm -hmm. working with the most? Yes, I would say uh, the kidney is very beautiful. And also there is some uh, places in the belly that are connected to digest digestion. 
and that looks like it's this ever changing <laughs> morphing patterns it's really nice <laughs> of course it doesn't look like this in the real body but <laughs> it's just a 2d cut uh, mm. ultrasound machine does I did a health checkup when I went back home to India this time. And uh, for the first time, they did uh, an ultrasound as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gel they used itself mm. just made it such a strange experience to me. Just to see that as the inside of my body, but also feel this very cold mm-hmm. thing. Do you also mm-hmm. use that? Yeah, yeah you have, you to, have use to use the it. Gel, yeah. <laughs> Why do you need it, actually? Because uh, ultrasound waves, they lose a lot of, of their power in air. So you have to have a medium that is uh, liquid. So you put the gel and then it's like uh, between the transducers and the body. Mm. And then it's always liquid. Like uh, until it hits, uh, let's say, a bone, mm. it cannot penetrate full bones. So you have to use this uh, medium. And then how does it feel to perform actually for you when you're doing it? How is the experience of the whole thing? Uh, crazy. <laughs> It's still in the making, of course, but I already showed the preview and it's here after the residency. And it's very um, intense for me, like, because it's a lot of energy. Like, it's very intense a show, show. And I put myself in somewhat of a vulnerable state, yeah. I would say, because I'm also kind of dealing with uh, the things from the past or whatever. So it's, it's, it's intense, but I also uh, I, I, love, I love performing uh, a lot. And Carl, you mentioned that you met the surgeon who you worked with from a previous project. So have you worked with medical things before or how did you? Uh, no, I, I did a project in which I was put under hypnosis for a live oh. performance and I surrendered my body to uh, a three dancers and a choreographer. It was also made here in The Hague. And this, the whole project started with me meeting an anesthesiologist and asking him if it was possible to get anesthesia for this piece, which there were options, which I really enjoyed talking uh, about. Mm-hmm. But uh, to do full <laughs> anesthesia on stage, it's not possible to do it in the Netherlands, and it's also very tricky, and <laughs> you need a lot of equipment to keep the body alive. So he introduced me to the uh, hypnotherapist. But this anesthesiologist introduced me to the surgeon. But that's how I got to know this. How was the hypnotherapy? Was the... Hypnosis? Yeah. Quite uh, powerful, way more powerful than I expected it to be. I had to be convinced in a way. Mm. The anesthesiologist helped me with it. He said, no, you need to meet this person. But yeah, when I surrendered to it, I thought immediately thought, oh, this is what I'm looking for. Mm. Mm. Yeah, working with dancers, surrendering my body in different settings, it was... That's been an amazing tour. Yeah, they use also hip, hip, hypnosis in, uh, also in uh, medical procedures. Like it's quite common, uh, which is yeah, it's quite interesting. You never got hurt. Because <laughs> mm. it looks like I saw video only, but it looks very intense for the body. There is yeah. the one with, um, that, with a machine. Ah, that's uh, another piece. Yeah, yeah. That, that one hurt. <laughs> yeah. A bit. Yeah. Uh, I've been dragging myself around. It's the same perform instead of people carrying you. It's like um... ah, these four winches at yeah. Theater and Spa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was another piece, uh, loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I wasn't on the hypnosis there. Mm. Are you just 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 soft body for three hours? For three <laughs> oh. hours? Yeah, yeah. It was a crazy Jesus project. Christ. <laughs> were four winches that were taken out of the arena, 
Uh, and where Putin saw one of the theaters by. It was so expensive that I thought, yeah, I need the full capacity. Mm. And it was three hours we could have it. So I said, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going three hours in. Um, yeah. And what exactly happened then? Uh, I surrendered myself to these machines. <laughs> And a choreographer from Spain, Dana Cordero, she was in charge of all the movements, basically. And I see it's a kind of a recurring theme in your work, this, uh, like, uh, surrendering your body and, like, people are watching or, like, being in a state of not complete uh, awareness. Uh. No, def yeah, <laughs> for quite some time, that definitely got my interest, surrendering this, this human body to a machine, to other performers, to uh, a system, and showing with it the fragility of our human body. I think your piece also shows it in a way. And that's somehow again connected to the project that I'm doing now within Reach. I saw a, an even more fragile body from mm. uh, what I saw in that. Sometimes I ask this question on the podcast after we talk about the project a little bit and I think it's quite interesting to ask both of you but uh, if you were to work together or combine your projects what, what do you imagine a collaboration <laughs> could look like <laughs> or what would you want to explore with the other person interesting I mean I like uh, the theatrical aspects a lot like in your pieces I think and I also like like theatrical approach uh, and I also apply it in my own performances, mm -hmm. although it's like more sound oriented. I still all the time think about like dramaturgy and about the audience uh, and so on. So I think it would, I don't know, like this is something I would be interested in exploring. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, me, me too. I think we share a lot yeah. of uh, interest from the body. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think you have a different approach, but I, th I think we definitely can meet within a project. We're building a sculpture inside uh, our mm -hmm. body. Yeah, it's <laughs> <Small> sculpture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. You can use your uh, medical equipment to go inside his yeah. body while yeah. you ultrasound. No? Yeah, can, can you do, do that? that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I never want. I don't want to enter bodies with these instruments. But you can use the ultrasound. To... Yeah. I try to swallow stuff and to see if I uh, can <laughs> find them. Oh. Bubble tea. Bubble tea? Yeah, I drank bubble tea, but I didn't shoot, you know. I am. I didn't shoot the things I could find them after. Mm. <laughs> I also, I was doing this one week in Tetem in Anschede, like, uh, and I, they had this chocolate 3D printer. And I was just like fantasizing about like, fun, but of course it's melting very fast. And <laughs> it's really funny. We had this, we have a similar idea on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I also thought of swallowing a, swallowing in a tiny sculpture. Yeah. And then. Yeah. <laughs> it's ready to it's go now. <laughs> this could be the collaboration. Let's go to the chocolate 3D printer. Yeah. <laughs> and so clearly both of you are very inspired by equipment, medical equipment and technology itself and the human body. But do you get inspiration from anywhere else or anyone else or any other project? Both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can. I don't know. I like. I'm really into music. <laughs> uh, mostly like experimental music. And also, I really like cinema. <laughs> mm. it's, I get all from the street or from my own experiences or from 
under uh, my um, mattress also mm. I find interesting stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> what do you find under your mattress dust oh. I mm. really like dust I yeah, think dust is a great I wrote a story about dust oh. yeah mm. well Uh, a previous resident that we had on the podcast, uh, Nina van Hartskamp. I don't know if maybe you've seen what she did, but uh, she took Petri dishes and in her first project, which she did in her study, she made people leave these Petri dishes in their bedrooms and let the bacteria grow. Mm-hmm. And then she compared them mm-hmm. different mm. people's bedroom bacteria. Portraits <laughs> of uh, bacteria. And you, what, what, what inspiration? Yeah, there are some makers that inspire me these days. Theater maker, Romeo Castellucci, I always think. So Dries Verhoeven, he makes performance art. Always intriguing to, to watch. I was uh, about also to say Castellucci. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, I'm also, uh, like the surgeon, it's really an inspiration to, to, to meet someone from a totally other field, to have them open to meet. I, I, yeah. I love to meet people. And now I'm at Rijks Academy and I'm also meeting... Uh, that's 40 artists, 40 international artists. And it's also very inspiring to see other performers and where they are coming from and where they have been performing and what they yeah, they really take sometimes, risks doing performance art in their countries. That's really inspiring. Mm. Is there any other machinery you would like to work with or someone from any other field in particular? Mm. Oh, yeah, there's this Da Vinci Xi robot that I saw in practice. Mm-hmm. Which is way too expensive to bring to <laughs> to rewire or to the Rijks Academy, but yeah, that stuff. Love seeing that, looking at it. And Which what 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 what? what it's kind? it's basically the laparoscopic instruments on top of a robot. It has four arms, and the surgeon takes place in a console. Yeah, and doing the translates the to get better precision. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. super precise. Yeah, can do on two millimeter. I think I saw once a video of someone like stitching grape with yeah. something. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this is a famous video. <laughs> is there a machine you would like to use next? or? I would also like, I would like to use uh, MRI machines. Mm. But mm. it's also like extremely expensive, heavy, complicated. <laughs> and yeah, you need the whole... Uh, uh, but there are this training center where you maybe can... Uh... Maybe. But... It's uh, it's much more expensive uh, to I think to operate it and maybe maybe I would like I would like to experiment. Maybe you won't find it on Mark Platt. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but also the the way to, like I really like the way those things work. I'm really interested about the technology itself. Like just always also with the ultrasound I worked before like in a completely different way. Like uh, I built this ultrasonic speaker like directional speakers. And then I put them on my face, uh, like it's like a mask kind mm. of, and you don't see anything, but the sound uh, goes in a very narrow beam there directly. And when it hits, hits an object, it demodulates so you can hear your surroundings, mm. so you can basically navigate around without seeing, which is quite interesting. Like and a also, bat. Yeah, it's exactly oh. the same as bats. <laughs> so I'm interested about like, I don't know, this like high frequencies generally, because also... When you can control them, you can create pressure uh, and you can basically manipulate physical objects. Uh, like I want to build a phased array from ultrasound phased array and then you can basically generate like a lo- localized uh, pressure point in the air which can be translated to sound and then basically imagine you have this point here that sounds coming from. 
Like, oh. I started to build it and then uh, it got too expensive. <laughs> so. It's very sad that the money is really standing in, a, in the way at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also good. <laughs> sometimes, I don't know. It helps me sometimes. You find like, you know, create different, yeah. Yeah, ways. Necessity is the mother of invention and all that. (laughs) (laughs) But if someone out there uh, hearing me now and uh, wants to pay me for making it, please. (laughs) You can donate any of these things. (laughs) This is my bank details. (laughs) (laughs) When I was reading about your work, I felt like the ritual of the medical practice also seemed like was interesting to you because both of you really kept the process and not just used the machine. So is this something that was always fascinating to you? Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. But I'm not thinking about it uh, now uh, as in making the performance I'm working mm. now because I'm more interested in other aspects. Other aspects yeah. um, I did think about it. But I'm also not using it that much in the performance. I saw a certain ritual happening mm. in the in the OR, like washing the hands. You felt that do it every time that way. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's a ritual. The way the gloves were put on. The way the... Yeah. It's something also. I think the audience, at least, if like experience something like that in his life, immediately it's bring this context yeah. and. Yeah, it's not the something I aim for in the performance. I also not aim for performing each time the same piece. So mm. We are both showing our works multiple times, I yeah. think. Mm. And for the audience who comes and sees your work, is there a certain takeaway you hope people take from it? Or, or a certain feeling or message or thought? It's a difficult question. <laughs> No, but uh, I mean, I hope, I really hope to encourage people to, you know, uh, uh, look at things differently. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a hard question. It's a hard question. Yes, I also, I also don't know what I'm aiming for or for, for what what the audience should. should Hopefully, or... each person kind of takes what he gets mm. or like. Yeah, for me, it's mo- it sounds maybe a bit cliche, but I'm uh, the surgeons I, I met during the process are also coming to see the work, mm. and I kind of really look forward to see them mix with an audience, of a lot of artists with mm. their surgeons that got enthusiastic about. I'm looking forward to meet, bring these people together in a way. No, sounds a bit cliche. <laughs> <laughs> Still nice. This- like when when I showed my work to the uh, uh, people in the hospital, uh, they looked looked at it and they were like, "Wow, I, I never thought like uh, to it can be like this," mm-hmm. or I don't understand it, but it's it's crazy. And then when they explained me about their research, I had the same reaction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, there there is a of course a connection between the two fields. Mm. And there is, of course, some sort of interaction as well. But I was quite, uh, I was quite uh, thinking to myself if I'm looking to change anything in this field, or uh, the other way around. But I, as much as I think about it, it's not about that. It's more about creating 
interaction or just making people doubt a bit more. <laughs> mm. Mm. And what are you looking forward to most next after this project? Um, uh, doing another one. Do <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. you have any ideas for what you would do next yet? I'm yes, started open. a bit playing now with uh, 50 toy hamsters that can record playback and uh, move. Nice. Toy hamsters? Yeah. Like those uh, small tiny hamsters that when you speak, they repeat what you oh. said, but high pitched. But then if you have 50 of them, they start to talk with each other and mm. it gets completely distorted. Yeah. And yeah, just like turning them on and off and then creating this composition. Like... <laughs> Where did you get 50 of them from? Was it AliExpress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you looking forward to, Carol? Uh, also another project. I actually don't know yet what. The Rikes Academy has several workshops. Mm. I'm learning new skills nice. every week. Welding, glass blowing, metal works, uh, media lab. And from that I hope a new project. I don't know where... When does a new project start? <laughs> Have I missed anything? Is there anything else you guys want to add or want to ask each other? Mm, what kind of role does improvisation uh, does it have in your work? Oh, I recognize this question from someone. <laughs> 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 I, uh, I, like, I like the most uh, in my performances when something goes wrong and then I have to improvise. That's, and usually the, that's the best. That's the two moments for me, like the moments I have the most amount of both fun and uh, satisfaction. and mm. uh, yeah. But it has to, I mean, it cannot be only uh, improvisation. Unfortunately, I tried. It doesn't work so well. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes. It was a really fun conversation. And I don't like thinking about the inside of my body very much because I get very stressed about it. Yeah. Mm. The second I start thinking like blood is flowing and I have to be aware of it, mm. then it's like it can stop if I stop thinking about it. It's just a very stressful idea. Yeah. But uh, I feel like this makes me feel a bit calmer about it. Really? Also with the improvisation. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's just going, you know. Yeah. And you can look at it or not look at it. and But it'll keep doing it. And you gotta trust it, trust it a little bit. But uh, it's also beautiful to look at and think about without necessarily immediately getting stressed. So mm -hmm. I think that is maybe one of my takeaways, but also to pay attention more when people are doing their work, see what people are doing around me. Mm -hmm. And the technology, of course. <laughs> I did not know ultrasound started with sound or it needed that liquid <laughs> layer, so I learned a lot. <laughs> Which actually, why can't you look at blood in regular light? You know, uh, uh, I think it, the, the eye has a reaction on it, and the reason why yeah, people faint uh, it's because of that reaction. And a surgeon has to look at it all the time. Yeah, it's a really good reason to make the, the room. Uh, yeah, very uh, green. Something else you didn't know? Uh, I don't really know, but you know why people faint? <laughs> why? No, like because it's a bit weird, right? That that your body makes you fall immediately, like on the floor, <laughs> and like you can yeah. basically. But it's because uh, the body thinks there's not enough uh, blood in the head. So it immediately wants to put you in a vertical position so yeah. blood will be able to get into the head. Wow. <laughs> Which is quite interesting. <laughs> <I wasn't... laughs> I've learned four good <laughs> science facts today. It's very <laughs> exciting. 
Uh, yeah, but thank you again for joining me. I hope it was also interesting for yeah. you to get to no, know each other. Nice. And our listeners will be able to also come see your work at the Proximity Music Festival in April. Yeah. Uh, and apart from that, where can they find you or follow you and your work? I won't say my address, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, social media. Just your name? Amos Peled. <laughs> <laughs> and for you and for me the same I have a website and I also have uh, Instagram I okay. use Instagram nice uh, <laughs> thanks again and uh, thank you to our listeners we will be back with a new episode next month Thank you again to Amos and Caro for taking the time to talk to me and as always to you for listening to our podcast. Follow us on whatever platform you get your podcast so you can be the first to know when our next episode comes out. There should be one coming out next month so keep an ear out for that. Hope you're having a good day and I hope you spend some time thinking of how you would like to look into your own body and if you would like to and in what way. Well good luck with that and see you again soon. <laughs>